You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Melissa Jackson. Her friends call her MJ. And she is a motivational speaker, high-performance coach, and author. And MJ's life journey uh, trademark is persistence, resilience, and courage. Very similar to me, Startup Nation. From sleeping on a mice-infested kitchen floor as a child to later surviving and thriving through 12, 12 excruciating brain surgeries, she has learned the true meaning of courage, facing challenges head-on, and the keys to developing a powerful mindset mindset built around principles of mastering the habits of success. She moves her clients and mastermind groups through her powerful, life-changing programs, techniques, and trainings. She is intense on stage. I resonate with that. I've been called intense. She's intense on stage and speaks with raw, a raw, captivating electric persona that has captivated audiences around the country. Her keynote speeches, workshops, successful book, and countless podcasts have influenced and motivated thousands of people around the world. She's going to do that for you to today, Startup Nation. So get your pen and paper ready. And she's reminded them and she's going to remind you of your true potential and amazing, uh, your true greatness and amazing potential to fully achieve your dreams. Now, before we went live, I was just telling her, you know, we had Master Jeff on the show last week and he's a mindset guru. This guy's a a master at it, obviously the, the nickname there. And he was teaching us, and if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to last week's episode. He was teaching us this five-minute success habit that you do before bed to manifest any dream that you want into reality in your life, okay? And I realized, you know, I've tried this before, others have taught this or whatever, but he added a very significant little tiny nuance component that I had been leaving out, And sometimes if you miss the one step out of the three steps, it doesn't work. So I realized that about myself. So I've been working on on it myself and doing this five-minute habit. I hope you're doing it. If you don't know what it is, go back to that previous episode. So Melissa's going to show up today, and she's going to not just talk about her entrepreneurial journey and the 12 brain surgeries, what the bleep, 
right? Like, I, I want to hear this. Um, but she's going to teach us um, what she teaches her clients, right? And hopefully that's going to serve you well. If you implement one thing today that moves you forward, Startup Nation, in your journey, then you win, right? You win the day, you win the week, hopefully you win the month. All right, so Melissa Jackson, welcome to uh, your first 100K podcast, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and just fill in some of the gaps in the intro, would you? Absolutely. So excited to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, the, the intro basically covered it a lot. I came from poverty. I came from absolutely nothing. Self-educated from the age nine up with a six-year-old GED book before Google was really good. And it was just on Ask Me, educating myself. So that ages me a little bit. But I worked four jobs by myself through college, um, had 12 surgeries back to back, including brain surgery. And 11 of those was more excruciating than the full blown, like chiseling on the back of my skull thing. Um, say much, much worse. And I did all of that while building my first business, which led to my second business, which led to now my third business. All right. So what you just did right out the gate is you took away all my excuses, all my audience's excuses for not achieving the goals we want because, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't yeah. know what I'm dealing with. Like my story is different, right? Other mm -hmm. people, they don't have it as hard as me. And you're like, uh, yeah, the back of my skull was chiseled through brain surgery. And then I had 11 other excruciating surgeries and I built my successful business simultaneously. So <laughs> mic drop. Shh. Stop your, stop your excuses. Just shush, shush, shush. All right. So, Melissa, um, let's get into it. Uh, she has something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. So, I'd say very few people in my, in my business life actually do know why I do what I do. So, a lot of people will look at me, and unless they've read my book or unless they've really dove in on, like, some particular like when I was in Georgia and Atlanta and I shared stage with John Maxwell and everything like that was the only time I really opened up on stage about this. But the reason why I do what I do is not economic gain. It's not based on, oh, I want to take over the world and all of this stuff. The only reason why I do what I do, because a lot of people will be like, how the hell did you come out of poverty? How the hell did you come out of teaching yourself? How did you never step foot into a public school until you went off to pay for college? Literally, worked four jobs while going to college with a broken shoulder and needing brain surgery. Like how the hell did you do all of that? And you must just be naturally good. It's literally none of those things. The reason why I've gotten to where I'm at is because I have a why, I have a purpose, I have a mission statement. And my mission statement in life is, and I quote, I'm gonna be the best version of myself for myself, meaning I'm not gonna let other people's opinions dictate why I make my decisions. I'm going to show people that they can do anything that they put their minds to, regardless of other people's opinions, limitations, or oppressions that hurt people, hurt people, and that doesn't make them right. And that includes us hurting ourselves, procrastination, not pursuing our dreams, or just not generally taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That was a mission statement that I came up with at 14 years old when I almost ended my life. And that has been the compass, the decision, the mission statement how I've been able to do everything that I do is because it's not about me. It's about the impact on other people. It's about what you stand for. And I've worked at Fortune 500 companies for literally over a decade. And they all have a mission statement. People don't have a mission statement. And I think that's where people get lost. That's a powerful point, right? The best companies in the world have mission statements. Startup Nation, why don't you have a personal mission statement for your life? Mm -hmm. Like this is key. 
Now, you came up with that at 14 years old and you never changed it? Like in nope. all these years, it's it has served you through your journey? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm uh... Uh, and I don't want this, whoever's listening to this, just listen to it with an open ear and eye, okay, regardless of religious beliefs, God, source, power, whatever you want to call it. I believe that when you make a commitment like that, Tony Robbins talks about it too, it's about a commitment. When you make a declaration, when you make a commitment, that's when everything changes. So I'm like, okay, I made this promise for me, it was God. I was like, I made this promise to God. Like, I, there's nobody, there's nothing, there's no circumstance that I'm going to let get in my way because I survived that. I said, if you let me live through this, this is what I'm going to live on. And that's been the compass on how I make every single decision in my life. Someone gets in the way with it. Now I'm going to say to them, they're no longer involved. (laughs) Go get your yoga mat somewhere else, people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is good. I think you're right. I think so few people in society right now make decisions like definitive decisions for areas of their life that aren't working. Yeah. They just don't face it. They avoid real decision-making at all cost. We do it in our businesses. We do it at home. We know we need to change. We know we need to do something. We see the impending doom headed yeah. our way, Yeah. but we won't decide because we don't want to be wrong. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Speak to us about that. Were there ever times where like you didn't want to stick to your decision? Oh yeah, for sure. I worked for jobs, put myself through college with a broken shoulder. I couldn't, I got hit by a truck when I was 15 years old, right after I made that declaration. I didn't want to continue with the declaration. It's got ran over by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a truck excuse. I have a doctor's report. I don't need to do life. I'm done. Okay, like I couldn't move my arm above my head. I got this literally just reconstructed. I'm 33 years old. This finally just got fixed in 2021. Okay, so I was literally working with a jacked up shoulder for the entire time. Okay, throughout all that stuff. And it was the times after I finally quit my last night job. And I worked so many jobs because I knew I was chronically ill. I didn't know what it was, but I knew something was wrong with me. And my body was falling apart very quickly. I had doctors tell me, if you don't fix what's wrong with you, you're going to be paralyzed by the time that you enter into your 30s. Hmm. That's what they told me. I was like, I got a limited window. I'm a big NF fan. I don't know if you know who NF is, the rapper, but he's really freaking awesome and he speaks very intensely with what he does and why he does what he does and he's very methodical on how he writes and one of his songs is i gotta make it or make it those are my options i'm like i need to freaking hustle i need to go so once i finally got to that and i got it i thought i arrived in life i had the dream car which was a a jetta by the way um and (laughs) (laughs) the dream house which i was dreaming so big it was a two hundred thousand dollar house um (laughs) Really hey, dream. listen, for growing up in poverty, those are dreams. Exactly. I was like, this. I have arrived in life, you guys. Step aside. I have made it. I've arrived with my Jetta in life. Let's go. But then I ended up getting told that, hey, you know, you show the signs of somebody who had a stroke. I couldn't remember how to get home. I couldn't open my right hand all the way. I walked with a limp because my right foot had massive damage to it. And I was having to get brain surgery, not even two months later after quitting my last night job. So that's when I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I literally felt like I was cursed. 
that was when it was the hardest to fulfill that mission statement. Mm. Startup Nation, have you ever felt like you're cursed, either financially, relationally, or some other way? You're like, why do I attract the worst in this area of my life? Like time and time again, I just attract the worst. Sometimes it's something you're doing, right? Maybe there's, like for me, my dating relationships, my picker was effed up. <laughs> People are like, what is your picker? Well, it's, you know, the thing you use to pick the type of person you date, like just subconsciously, who you're attracted to and who you're not. And I was attracted to dysfunction because I was raised in dysfunction. I didn't know that. It was kind of like, emotionally my body's dying breaking down and i don't even know what's going on i think i'm this healthy person so listen what is your thing right now startup nation on the inside right we're talking about the inner game because until you get the inner game one you'll keep failing at the outer game like you got to go inside face the darkness i say this so much you got to face the darkness you got to bring god's light into the darkness and dispel it on the inside before you start winning big on the outside, right? Because you can have all the money and success in the world on the outside, but on the inside, you're broke. You're, you're you know, poverty um, or you're oppressed. Like Melissa said, you're oppressed. All right, Melissa, let's get into it here. I want to talk about the mental game of entrepreneurship, and we're just kind of dancing around the surface here. So talk about business, right? So you're putting yourself through all these jobs, and then your body's physically falling apart. You want to give up. You don't want to stick to the decision. How do you still show up in your first business and actually not just make money, but start winning? So it was a, it was a long decision. It was a long thing. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with people because I the big thing for me is I, I always say, and I like to write poetry, I say depression is created by a false sense of isolation, believing you're the only one that has felt this way. That's right. So... For a long time, once I quit the last night job and then I ended up figuring out what was wrong with me and needing to get all these surgeries, I felt like I was the only one. I felt cursed. I felt through all those things. And I went through and I felt those emotions. And then sometimes you just have to look up and you have to be like, you know what? There's two different choices you can go through with adversity. Okay? You can either decide to be a victim and you can repeat what you hate. You can think that you were the only one or you can look up Look around to be like, that person's hurting too. It's just a little bit different. That person's hurting too. I'm not alone in this journey. And the only way to create change in your own life and also to create change in the world is to change how you think, change how you react to that and understand that you are making an impact with your decisions in life. So as I started realizing that, as I started realizing, okay, I'm on the brink of death right now, again, going ahead into this brain surgery because they were terrified to give it to me because they had just had the same surgery given to a 19-year-old gal that did not make it. Mm. And I'm driving at five o'clock in the morning or getting drove at five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, this could be the last day. These doctors are nervous, multiple of them in my state. How did I live life? Did I live life on the sidelines? And that's why my business sucked. It was unauthentic. Did I really go all in with my potential? What am I going to do with the fact if I do live through this right now, with the fact that I'm still alive and there are people that are no longer with me that I have known as personal friends with the same condition, and how am I going to live in honor of them? 
It's not about me. And that's how I kept that thing going as I realized, okay, you kind of been living your mission statement. Yeah. But you've been tipping your toe in the water. You mm-hmm. haven't been authentic. You haven't been real. You haven't put the freaking pedal to the metal. You haven't shared your story at all. You've said it literally sat there and acted like you were somebody else because you were intimidated to actually be surrounded by multimillionaires and business coming from poverty. And that's how I kept things going. That's how I kept things pushing is I realized I have a blessing. I have an opportunity and I'm still alive. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to waste it again? Like I did before. Mm. Startup nation. MJ is speaking to us like, man, that hits so hard. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, and it, by the way, I don't talk about myself to talk about myself on the show. I talk about myself to be vulnerable and go first, which yeah. gives my listener permission to right, mm-hmm. feel. Exactly. <laughs> so many people yeah. don't know how to feel. Uh, but yeah, growing up in poverty, I think Startup Nation, if you grew up in poverty, there's this battle you must win eventually. And it's the battle of feeling like you don't belong uh, in the upper rooms, right? You don't belong at the table with the Royals, right? You don't belong with the successful people. You don't belong with the millionaires. You're not one of them. Like what if they find out that mm-hmm. you're a fraud? So I think imposter syndrome is really prevalent when you're raised in poverty yeah. and, and yeah, eventually you must win that battle at all costs. You do whatever you you can to figure it out, meant to get a mentor, read books about it, but conquer that battle. You must win that battle. And it's mm-hmm. on the inside. It's not on the outside. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Melissa, you made a bleeping, definitive, definite decision. <laughs> You're like, I've been a fraud to myself in my mm-hmm. own mission statement. All yeah. these years, I've gotten by, but what if I don't wake up from the surgery? Mm-hmm. How am I going to live different? Now, so many people make these resolutions, and I want you to explain the difference between a resolution and a definite decision or commitment, like you're saying. And they, they're feeling in the moment, they're like, that's it, right? They have that mountaintop experience at a conference. They listen to a great podcast like this one. And they're like, all right, I'm doing it. That's it. Enough. I like what Melissa said. I'm going to do the same thing. And then they go back to life. And three days in, they're already like falling off the wagon with their decision. Explain the difference between the two and why yours worked. What did you do different that most of us don't? Well, I think it taps into a lot of the feelings, right? You have to feel it, you have to mean it, and you have to actually make it a full-blown commitment. There is a decision. There is a, I'm going to change this, or a resolution. A resolution, in my mind, doesn't really make sense. Why? Because it's built on the philosophy of, I'm going to resolve this issue. I'm going to resolve this issue. You're viewing it out of scarcity. You're viewing it out of self-loathing versus impact on the world and who you are becoming and building something out of self-love. So that's my difference between the two. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for impact and for self-love and to live on purpose and to fulfill my biggest commitment versus, oh my God, I have to fix this. I'm so fat right now. Why do I keep eating Twinkies and Ho-Ho's? 
Because <laughs> they're delicious. And then you also have to sit there and you have to follow through. One of my favorite quotes is self, self-love is just self-discipline. That means you got to do things that are not easy. Mm-hmm. That's how you love yourself. If you love your kid, you're not going to let your kid eat freaking Twinkies and Ho-Hos for every single meal. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> they may love it, but you don't love them because you're hurting them in a way, even if you do it in a loving fashion. So you have to have that discipline that you instill in them because you know it's a long-term game. So that's how I go through things. I don't say things I don't mean. I'm a very particular person as much as I can be. People make mistakes with what I say. And when I say I'm going to do something, unless there's something bigger that I committed to that will be interfered, blocked, and not be able to take place, that's higher on the hierarchy of importance and impact, I'm going to do the damn thing. It doesn't matter. I did a 100-mile bike race, even though it got canceled during COVID, with a broken shoulder that needed literally completely reconstructed and chronic illness because my brain situation is still there. Like, you make a commitment and you follow through with it. And that is how, when you make a declaration as well, you can believe in yourself. You continue that trust. Self-discipline is self-love. There's someone listening right now that says, wow, MJ is like super fired up. She's just this take charge uh, type of woman. You and I were joking offline, like we're both little control freaks, right? It helps us in business, doesn't help us in our personal lives, but uh, they could say, well, MJ, you're wired different than me. Mm-hmm. I don't have that just fire in my belly, that stick that, I mean, I wouldn't ride that bike <laughs> with my body falling apart. Like you're different than me. Your situation's different than me. I can't do what you did. Mm-hmm. So why are you telling me I should? What would you say to that person? I would say that that is a self-defeating belief system on it. The reason, only reason why I do what I do, the only reason why I document it, because I'm a big time introvert. People don't really believe that, but I'm literally like a hermit. Like what you're going to find me doing on the weekends is most likely I'll either go hang out with friends or I'll be stuck in here reading audio books, reading actual books, laying next to the fireplace for three days on an extended weekend because I'm just like, hey, I'm going to think and write about everything poetry writing. So when it comes to everything that I do, I do it and I express that to lead by example. You can't tell somebody what to do. You can't tell somebody, hey, you know, just do this. The best way to lead is by leading by example. That's why I try to do what I do when I document not the flashy Lambos and the flashy things that you see on Instagram because that's not entrepreneurship and that's not life. Okay, most likely the person that's posting that probably is taking a photo next to a car they're cleaning. <laughs> so, that's a good like, visual this is, this is life you guys like life's gonna punch you in the face it is going to you're gonna get knocked down i don't like i don't do it so people feel bad for me i don't do it so people idolize it i do it so people can see that life is not easy you think i wanted to do that damn bike race Like literally it took me months to train for it because I didn't know when my body would fail me, how many miles in I'd be and if I needed Uber back. Like it's all a matter of showing people what they can do, that they can do anything that they put their minds to regardless of other people's opinions, limitations, or oppressions. And that's what it's all about. So if you want to believe that you're weaker, go ahead. But there's people with way worse backgrounds than me that have done way more intense stuff than I have. 
and there's a way out if you choose it. I can't choose for you. Okay, we're getting verbally slapped around here. Let's go. Let's go. Slapping out all our excuses, our reasons, our stories for why my life is so unique from everyone else's. Is it serving you or not serving you? Is it working or not working? Ask yourself those questions. And then are you fine staying that way for the rest of your life? Lying on your deathbed with very few people there because you pushed them away eventually and you die alone. Mm -hmm. Like that's real people. That is real. And that's the trajectory I think of most people until they make the decision, they make the commitment to change their trajectory. It's the default. Yeah. So that's where you're headed by default, not Mm -hmm. by your intentions. But by default, okay? So you got to commit and and take over, take over this area of your life. All right. Melissa, let's talk about uh, business, yeah? You're making some money. You're doing good. I like the little race car chair. That's awesome, man. I, I, yeah, I like, think it's comfortable too. It looks so comfortable. Like the pillow in the back. I'm like, oh my gosh, can we switch chairs right now? No. Nope. <laughs> I know I know where I'm going shopping after this. All right. So uh let's talk about business building, okay? Yep. What did you do right year one um that worked for you that made you money? Uh how much money in year one? And then what did you like totally miss the ball on? Well, I'll, I'll base my year one on as soon as I was able to quit my um, night job because sure. year, yeah. year one, like for the first two years, I was working four jobs to be able to pay for a coach, pay for a mentor. So you could count that in there and pay for all that stuff as I learned the industry. because It's one of the slowest moving industries. It's in commercial real estate. So it's like, it's slow. You cold call people and they're like, yeah, we might relocate or expand in 10 years. And you're like, cool. That sounds great. <laughs> Let me put that in my calendar. <laughs> Okay, got it. Probably ten years. Hopefully, hopefully you're the same person. Um, but that was like the first official year. But the the first year after quitting the night job was when I was going through all the surgeries. What did I do right? I stayed positive as much as I could with what I was going through. I stayed on positive momentum. I worked the day before I went into brain surgery. Hmm. Um and just continue to work. That also gave me the belief system that I was going to live through it because if I'm going to go to work the day before I go and get the surgery that this guy's going to kill me, I'm betting on me coming out of that bad boy. (laughs) But so I had that, that belief system that I was going to come through. I had that belief system that what I was creating was still going to be there when I came back. I had this belief system of, okay, you know what? I'm going to continue to hustle through this. And I did regardless. I would have liked to not have to do it just based on it being completely broke at the time, but I also did do it to keep that positive momentum. Other things that I did great with it is I kept um, as much as I could with my inner circle of people around me that were pushing me and believing in me and standing up for me. Because when you go through business with a big medical crisis like that, you start to realize how cutthroat business can be when you're ill. Mm. And that's one of the biggest things. People sometimes will still try to use my chronic illness against me. And I'm like, I'll outwork you and run circles around you, chronically ill and disabled, regardless. Go ahead, bring it on. Um, but that's something that 
really helped me was surrounding myself with people that were had my back when the industry got a little bit sharper and didn't understand what it's like to get your brain chiseled on. Um, the bad things I'd say I did is I, I got too wrapped up into the negativity. Hmm. I got too wrapped up into just studying the negative or studying this and this. And granted, yes, I was working to save my own life because eventually I was told that the brain surgery failed, but I wasn't focused on just building the positive. My inner circle became people that were in my exact situation. So eventually I lost that at the end of the year. I surrounded myself with people that felt the same, that felt like victims and all of that stuff. Mm. I didn't know my worth and I felt like my I was a inconvenience to people around me simply by becoming ill and I let myself be treated as such. Hmm. Then I transitioned and switched everything, transitioned exactly how I was approaching business, who I was doing business with, and that was a big unlock for me to head into a new opportunity. What did that look like? Was that like cutting off or severing these relationships with the victim types of people? Like it was just like you make this decision. You're like, okay, I'm with the wrong crowd. I'm thinking the wrong way. I need to cut this. And it was like a one day, two day, three day, sever, 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 snip the cords, cut the anchors. Or what did that actually look like? For me, what it looked like was it was, okay, I'm going to begin weaning myself out of these groups in a loving fashion. Lisa Romano, not Lisa Romano, Lisa Nichols says this, um, where she's like, I, if I'm in the same spot as you, I can't save you. She's like, I can't save you and bring you with me. Only one of us is going to fit through that door. I can't bring you with me. What I need to do is I need to save myself. I need to go through that door, find another door and come back and get you if you're ready. That's what I had to do. So I began to sizzle out a little bit of those groups and focus more on, okay, I'm going to master my craft. I'm going to surround myself with people that don't treat me being disabled as an inconvenience or leverage it against me. I'm going to go and find the people that see the fact, hey, she's freaking working until like two o'clock in the morning. Like it doesn't matter. I'll work from freaking bed. That's what I did after my brain surgery as soon as I can form sentences. Like you have to find the people that see where you're going versus where you've been through and use your vulnerabilities against you. And then you have to separate yourself a little bit from the people that are in the same spot so you can come back and save them if they want to be saved. So I would go back into those groups. I would tell them what I knew and then emotionally disconnect. So it wasn't weighing me down too much. I'd go out there and create something new and then I'd go back in, help a couple people. Like I've helped a lot of people connect with some of the surgeons I have. I'm like, it's not medical advice, but this is what I've learned and what I've been told. Here are some of the top five neurosurgeons in the United States that know about this condition. This is not medical advice, but here are their contact information. And then I would just go back to living my life and go back and trying to produce something new to model that people can do anything that they put their minds to and actually model that for myself as well. Very powerful. Surround yourself, Startup Nation, with the people that see where you're going and believe in you. Not the people that are focused on your past or what you've come through, right? And hold it against you. You know exactly who those people are, those two groups are in your life. And if you don't have people in the first group that see where you're going and believe in you, start looking for them. They're out there. Even if you find one, it will change everything. All right, Melissa. So uh, you start, 
I mean, first off, your mindset is 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 just impenetrable, <laughs> right? That's that is everything. It is everything. Like business success or monetary success is almost an afterthought because it's going to happen when you have that impenetrable mindset. It's just a matter of time and opportunities coming, right? That's it. So you're, you're headed in a direction. You're clear on the direction. No one's stopping you. You're, you're resurrounding yourself with the right people that see where you're headed. So money's going to follow. All right. Tell us, I want you to tell us, uh, let's get tactical here with business. Um, what are your top three tips and strategies you used or that you teach and your clients use and you've seen clear results for getting past the six figure mark as soon as humanly possible? Like what are three tips, strategies, marketing, you know, uh, tactical approaches? What do you have? So one of my favorite things and one of the best things I did for my career when I was first getting back into sales research and stuff like that after all the surgeries is I was listening to just the news. I was listening to negativity, which is what the news normally is. I stay very educated on what's happening, but I do it once again, just like I did with the groups. I do it in pieces. I find the knowledge. I research things. I research history. And then I will eventually just disconnect and go and implement it. But I was watching news, I was watching a bunch of negativity and I was like, this is not helping me and it's not helping me help other people. So I started studying Grant Cardone like a lot. Like I cut off all TV, I cut off all everything that there possibly was. And then I just put positive YouTube videos on that I would listen to all day. And Grant Cardone popped up and he starts talking about, hey, if you make six figures, you're broke. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What? And then I watch a video and it's like, this guy is, what how you're not my intention now and he does the breakdown and he does the math six figures really is not a lot of money taxes your family's health your own health crisis like this shoulder surgery to get it reconstructed costs six figures just to get that rebuilt not to mention the money it cost me being out of commission with my dominant arm like you need money to survive you need money to make it so that you're able to make decisions with your life. Money is not about just, I have a Lambo. I'm a very, once again, non-materialistic person. I want options. I want freedom. I want to be able to donate to my favorite charity. I want to be able to help support my friends. I want to be able to go out there and have choices medically for my family, for my friends, for whatever it may be, where we live, whatever it is. And I did the math. And once you do that math, you realize that six figures ain't shit. It's a mental block. It is. So I was like, okay, that's a mental block I need to work past. I need to sit here and know that that's hardly anything. The next thing I would say for people that they need to do, absolutely, is go back through your past, especially if you came from poverty. And this is um, something that I did in an intense fashion, and it comes from David Goggins. You know who David Goggins is, my chance? Yep. <laughs> Great guy. You guys don't know who David Goggins is. He's a Navy SEAL. He broke, broke, ran like 100 miles with two broken feet with uh, Jesse Itzler. So that was a really intense story. And he came from a lot of poverty himself. But he talks about the cookie jar effect. So if you're start, struggling with imposter syndrome, you got to look back and realize, okay, what are all the things I've been through that I thought were going to break me? What are all the accomplishments that I had? What were all of the things I thought I could never do? And look back at your past. And instead of it with shame, look at it with pride and realize 
all of the times you thought you weren't going to make it and all of the things that you've done. And when you start getting doubt is like, I can't close this client. I can't close this deal. I can't continue to do this this way. You'll go back and you'll remember, hey, I did this. I did this. I overcame this. Even if you didn't come from poverty, I guarantee you every single person has been through something in their lives. And then tapping back into that and using that as strength. That helps tremendously when you start doing bigger deals than you've ever done before, because you realize that where you're at now is where you wish you would have been like five years ago and you broke through what you thought was impossible. And then studying tactics, like become an expert. I literally studied sales training day and night and I would fall asleep to closing, um, closing strategies every single night with headphones on like they were meditations for two years straight. <laughs> <laughs> you need this car. You want this car. This is your car. I got this down. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was coming again. I predicted it like three years ago. Everyone giggled at me and I was like, it's coming. Here's other reasons why, but okay. Um, I started doing that again. I'm like, all right, let's build master databases. Now people are like, oh, the economy is super slow. I'm like, dude, I don't even have enough time to fill out all these offers I need to do right now. I'm driving. So it's a matter of building and knowing how to close people and knowing your strategies versus guessing, hoping, and praying. Okay. Startup Nation, press replay if you need to. Make sure you're taking away one thing from this show. One thing. You don't have to implement three things or 10 things. Mm -hmm. Implement one thing that's going to move the needle most in your life and in your business from what MJ is sharing. Okay. What was that one thing that just, it was like a highlighter in your brain <laughs> and you're like, Oh my gosh, that just hit me. Like that's yeah. it. Okay. Go to work on that one thing, improve practice, screw up, suck at it, suck yep. less, suck less, suck less until you're excellent at it. Yeah. Right. That's what we're talking about. You got to master the craft, right? Maybe it's relationships right now. Maybe you just absolutely suck at relationships. I don't know. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I was masterfully suckful at relationships. It was so bad, right? So just get better at it. But eventually I got great at it and I attracted the woman of my dreams and I have an amazing family with peace and joy and love, like, which I didn't grow up in. Yeah. Like that was the opposite of my existence and what I knew or my normal. So mm -hmm. just because something, what you want, your dream is the opposite of what you've experienced already or your yep. normal doesn't mean it's unattainable for you. Doesn't mean yep. it's not meant for you. That is probably the very thing that is for you. Yep. But you got to master your inner game first yep. and foremost. All master. right. Yeah. Let's see here. Let's see. What is your uh, number one marketing strategy that's helped you attract more customers, clients? Cool. Cold calling, database really? building. Yep, strategic you're, planning. You're that person. You're that person that's just so patient. You just like dial, smile and dial. Yep. Smile. Well, the funny thing is, is you look at it, right? Whenever people, it's like in a recession. What do people do in a recession? They contract. Mm -hmm. I contract on anything that's not going to make me money. <laughs> anything that's going to end my way of making money, I'm going to contract on. But I'm going to expand into the things that are going to make me money. Marketing is going to make me money. And then... um Coaching is going to make me money because people cut the budgets on the, on the important things to mm -hmm. keep the stupid things. Yes, the same exact thing happens 
like, so you stand out more. Same exact thing happens when you do cold calls. This generation, and I'm speaking about my own generation as millennials, we typically don't pick up the phone. We don't. We don't pick up the phone. It's the easiest way to reach somebody. Why? Because no one's doing it. No one's doing it. So when I pick up the phone, I can get a much quicker answer, yes or no. I can handle the objections. I can read the language better that they're that they're speaking in and the tone of voice and all of those different things. They're getting maybe five phone calls and a thousand emails, a thousand social media posts. For me, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have my marketing agencies, I'm gonna have that, but we are gonna have a cold calling team and staff. I mean, I've closed $8 million deals by one cold call, <laughs> just picking up the phone. It took some time, but that was the first introduction. It shows courage. And a lot of the people that are sitting there that are very, very busy, that have a lot of money, they're not on social media just scrolling through. They're doing shit. Figure out how to get past the gatekeeper, get to your people, make contact, and then connect with them. And that's, for me, the biggest thing is to show that courage that you can do that. And they'll either do a deal with me or do the deal that I'm presenting, or they're going to hire me to show them how to do the deal. So one of the two worked. The way you presented that was different. That was attractive, the way you said that. And it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You're saying cold calling, nobody's expecting to get a real genuine call. Oh, yeah, it's real nowadays. Yeah, well, absolutely. I get, I, like I don't, I, I don't answer my phone at all because huh? I screen everything because it's all spam, and it, every single time it's the same thing. It's like I get on, like hello, silence, yeah. click. I I wait for the click where they patch through to India. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hello, is this just what? Right, not to make fun of any culture or anything, but it's the same exact redundant, non-workable process they're all using. And then it also comes down to just robot calling. I'm like, dude, I'm all for calls. If you try to call, sell me, I'll probably buy just to support you and your courage of doing it. But if you're having a robot call me, like at least do some real cold calls. Like put yourself out there. Like, come on. <laughs> there you go. And if you don't like your, your voice, the way you speak, you can't sound worse than a robot. Okay, people? So there you go. All right. Uh, what is... I wasn't expecting that cold calling your number one marketing strategy, but it works for you. You're closing big deals. Okay. Um, what do you do to strengthen and uh, deepen your faith, right? Whatever that faith is. So for me personally, I do a lot of meditation, which I connect into that as well. So I used to back in the day, meditate for about three hours a day, an hour and a half in the morning and wake up at three in the morning and then an hour and a half at night. So doing that, journaling, praying a lot, and then tapping back in and asking for guidance. And then also just simply, like I live my life for God. That's the mission statement. That's why even if it is relational, even if it is friendship, even if it is something, if it's counteracting my commitment to God, sorry, you're outie. <laughs> Someone's it's got not, to go and it's not him. Exactly. I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting you above, above God. I'm sorry. Like, this is a commitment that I made to God. So it's how I make every single decision is I live it with that. I don't become angry. I do get frustrated. Everyone has that human emotions, but I don't seek revenge and like, I'm going to destroy somebody. I, I may say that frustratingly, <laughs> but then I immediately follow it with this and I say, 
of course, ethically to show them how they should properly do business because they just screwed me out of $160,000. I'm going to show them that they, I can be more successful by doing it the right way. And that's how I go through when I live through life. That's how I strengthen things as I try to use that as my compass for every single thing I do. It's really powerful. You're taking like the the hurts and the pains and the, the betrayals and you're um, transmuting them into fuel uh, for your own journey. Like that's really powerful. Okay. All right. Welcome to my favorite part of the show, MJ. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game that's show. I do in life though. Let's go. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? All right. I'll overthink everything. But I'll try to do it quickly. <laughs> my little control freak may or may not kick in. All right. What is your favorite thing about running your own business, about being an entrepreneur and being in charge of your own destiny per se? Yeah. I would say being able to make it so that it's not a cap to being able to teach people that came from similar situations, how they can reach us their potential as well. So I like to mentor people. Very cool. What's your least favorite thing about all that? Least favorite thing is the cutthroat. Yeah. Industry cutthroat. And I've had my illness used against me many, many, many times, for instance. Mm. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, which is part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? I've gone through a huge personal transition in my life that shook up everything. So right now, as it stands, I'm re reutilizing my mission statement to figure out what the next big, big goal is in life vision is. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now, that just means for me, I'm going dark and just working on myself and working on continuing to chase my goals until I figure out exactly what that next big life vision is. Going dark, people, going dark, right? So many of us are scared of the dark. Again, the inner darkness, right? Because we're scared of the darkest kids and we're still walking around through life like a little kid scared of the boogeyman. No you got to face your alone. own boogeyman, yeah? No one wants to be alone. They're always chasing short-term gratification to yeah. avoid the inner voice. What are you most afraid of? Uh, most afraid of is not fulfilling my mission statement. Okay. And then getting to the top and realizing I didn't bring the people with me that were there from the beginning. That's awesome. So yeah. I try to bring as many as I can that are willing. That, that are is, willing. That is beautiful. You know, legacy. I Most people say it's what you leave behind, right? Legacy, your legacy. I disagree. I think a legacy is who you bring with you. Mm. Who you bring with you is your legacy, right? And mm -hmm. that's what you're doing, right? You're creating legacy. All right. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Trying to get the perfect office supplies. <laughs> it's got to be I'm the gold. Every keyboard. <laughs> I want the gold, gold plated stapler. It's in my video shot. <laughs> people have to see it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, let's see. People. I like Jordan Peterson's philosophy of it, so it's not too much of a secret. He says that you have to understand that we're all made of snakes, that we all can betray, that we all have that beast within us, and then you have to decide to play with them anyways. So you share your vulnerabilities with them, knowing that you're full of snakes, they're full of snakes, and just betting that hopefully you guys are not going to fight each other. Jeez. That's so good, man. It goes all the way back to like Genesis and the Bible with the snake and the temptation, right? It's like, choose good. You can listen to God and obey him, or you could be like God. And everyone worship you. Like it's, wow, we're all made of snakes. Got it. 
Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That my weaknesses I thought that I had were actually my strengths. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it a lot where he's like the people that were spoon fed, the people that came from really easy things. They wish they were like you. They wish they knew the scrappiness, how to put things together. Like literally I have people come up to me that are family, friends or business associates. And they say, I'm in poverty. I'm in this situation. Can you fix my entire financial situation? I don't give financial advice, but how do I get out of this? And how do I move towards that goal? And I can write them just due to my scrappiness, literally a 30 day plan to get their, their credit fixed, their financial situation fixed, often their living situation fixed. People that grew up without having to be resourceful like that don't know how to do those things. It's a strength, not a weakness. They lack resilience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Uh, what's a new habit you're going to create this year? New habit I'm going to create this year is I am going to be 100% authentic and not do things or speak in a way or dress in a way or act in a way that does not completely fit who I am. And what that means right now is I built two separate businesses. I built my real estate one, I built my coaching one, and then I also built this Airbnb business, which I built a zero to six figure business within one calendar year without using my name or any money, just to show a way to do that. It was one of my challenges. So that I set up for myself. But anyways, now all three of them are merged and it's terrifying. And I'm sitting here trying to realizing that I've been playing this game and trying to fit into everybody's box and trying to play the game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. If you don't like it, I know what I'm doing. I know my worth. And then. That's exactly it. Peace out to them. All right. So next question, pick three words to describe who you are now. Intense, intentional, and loving. Okay. <laughs> pick three words to describe who you are your first year in this business. Intimidated, weak, and wanting to please everybody. That's a phrase, but not an actual word. But so people pleaser. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, MJ, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true mm -hmm. success, true success mm -hmm. in business and life, what would you say to them? I would say don't be scared to be alone and chase the best version of yourself and live only for yourself. Okay. You, you live go. for yourself and three other people. All right. This is where you get to give startup nation a homework assignment for this week. What is one action <laughs> they need to take? They must take if they want their life to improve. They want their revenue to improve. What do you got for them? Oh, it's my favorite one. I do this every year. Let's go. Um, I challenge you guys to do a mental toughness challenge. What that uh, is, is that's how you build self-confidence. Mental toughness challenge is something that only you can decide. Okay. It is finding something that scares the living, like every single thing. When you write it down, you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to do this. Please do not make me do this for the, like, please don't. Write down a list of things that scare you. Find the one that makes you have that reaction and then do it. Last year, I did a bikini competition. I used to be morbidly obese. I've been in a two piece, maybe like, three times in my life prior to this. I lost 70 pounds in a year and went up and stood in front of hundreds of people, not to mention most of the results and documented in front of thousands upon thousands because it scared, scared the living everything out of me. So find something that scares you rationally and intelligently, obviously. Don't, don't do something dumb. I'm really scared to go rob a bank right now for millions <laughs> of dollars. <laughs> I did not 
he sent to that advice. <laughs> this is great advice, MJ. Officers are like, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Right? Well, I was listening to this this podcast with Joseph Warren and MJ said, like, do something scares you. And I was like, you know, I'm really terrified of cops and guns. And so I think I'm going to go rob a bank. And I definitely am terrified of landing in prison. So here we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough of that. Solid uh, advice, you guys. Solid <laughs> advice, people. All right. Um, we're speaking with Melissa Jackson. Her friends call her MJ. She's now our friend, Startup Nation. Uh, if you like this episode and you like MJ, please go write a an honest review about her. You could do that at first100k.com, first100k.com, or go to Apple Podcast or Stitcher, radio at stitcher.com. Write that honest review. If we like what you say, uh, we'll go ahead and give you a live shout out on the show Woo! like I'm about to do with Jeff Setter 2020. Jeff Setter, that's a good play on on his name. I like that. Jeff Setter. Uh, straight to the point and high value show. Five stars. If you're starting a business or scaling success, the insights in this podcast are the perfect place to get started and continue on your journey. Jeff, I couldn't. Jeff Setter, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you for your five-star review. All right, MJ, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, connect with you, possibly work with you? What do you got for them? So you can reach out. You can go on my website, which is mjacksoninspire.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, all social media platforms. Um, and that's Melissa Jackson, which is spelled really odd. So you'll know when you find me. M-A-L-L-I-S-A Jackson. Just being unique, girl. Just being unique. Yeah. <laughs> One in a bazillion. Here we go. <laughs> Melissa Jackson, MJ. Thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you. 
to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.